Disney. Disney. Let's wail on them for this episode. Sounds good to me. All that and more on the Half-Assed Approach podcast. All right, intro music. Hello and welcome to the Half-Assed Approach podcast. My name is Quint. I'm Harry. And today we're talking about uh, basically Disney. Well, not not entirely Disney, but just basically how like it seems like there's less and less original stories today. Uh, but we're going to be focusing mostly on Disney and the Disney Channel and a little bit of Pixar as well. Mm-hmm. Harrison, take us away. All right. So this made me... So I was talking to my sister about this actually a while back. Um, about how shows on Disney Channel when we were growing up were... They were original. They were creative. Now... They're just kind of stupid. So the last good one that I loved was Wizards of Waverly Place. Which and that's solely because of Selena Gomez. Solely because of Selena Gomez, because she was hot when I was a little 14-year-old. Um, but more seriously. But more, <laughs> I was being serious. Um, <laughs> and then after that, it kind of just got weird. Um, after that, we had like... You know, we had Gravity Falls, which admittedly was a good show, but it did get weird. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the show Jessie. Uh, she was a nanny in New York to a bunch of kids, and weird, random stuff happened. Here's the problem. Oh, also, Dog with a Blog? Do you <laughs> remember? Never, I've never heard of that. Okay. It, yeah, that's basically all you need to know. It's a dog with a blog. How does it write the blog? He has paws and he no has, opposable thumbs. I don't know. He just... It, he has a really big keyboard. It's Like Disney. where each key is a pause size, so it'd be like a keyboard. Sorry. That's like seven feet wide. I, I guess so. So he basically just takes the keyboard and just does this and gets it right somehow. Wow. So okay. uh, I think he can talk, too. Um, that should have never happened, ever, in the history of ever. <laughs> uh, should have happened. It was just not a good show. Um... My real problem is also these shows, they don't show anything real. So either, and Wizards of Waverly Place kind of broke this rule that I'm kind of setting, but what I see in a good show is like family sitcoms, like the old ones, like Full House, Boy Meets World, um, Home Improvement. Those ones that Disney set out and said, hey, we're going to focus on a real, uh, real family and real family issues. And because it was real, it was very entertaining. Now we have either everyone has a superpower, which I love superhero movies um, and TV shows. They're great, but not on Disney Channel. I don't know why. It's kind of weird. But either everyone is rich, they're a pop star, they have magical powers, they have superpowers. It. I just feel like Disney Channel has lost its kind of reality. Was Ben 10 on... Disney? Ben 10 was Cartoon Network. Oh, never mind. Well, mm-hmm. I thought that was a good one, and he's got to actually enjoy that one. Even the remake, I enjoy it too, because mm-hmm. I watch it because my son watches it. But I've never actually watched that ever, but I started watching it because my son watches it. But anyway, I thought it was decent. Yeah. But yeah, he's got that watch thing that turns him into different aliens. aliens but yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a bit. The whole thing's out there, of course, but it's mm-hmm. still kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah definitely and i, I think, mean oh go ahead sorry well, i guess to an extent that's okay like you know i get where you're coming from where like it used to be like there's actually family issues that you dealt with family you know problems with your family that was very relatable um 
And I kind of wonder, because obviously something changed. I don't know if, like, the, you know, United States audience in general just kind of got tired of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Which is entirely possible. I mean, after that, it was, it was you know, Friends and, and like, the show Friends. Um, yeah, everything back then in, like, the 90s was, like, yeah, something to was... do with an actual social life. Nobody had... You know, they might have no had a had cool talent or something, but yeah. that, that wasn't anything, like, ex- extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's why, I mean, maybe just audience changed and I sound like a little curmudgeon. Just an old fart. Um, so maybe, okay, now, so you can have, like, because, you know, I'm way into sci-fi. You can have all these weird, uh, crazy um, conflicts and stuff. You know, a different setting, like you're on a spaceship or you have a superpower, stuff like that. Um, I think what's important though is you got to relate your story to the audience that you're that's watching it or reading it or you know basically your audience in general. You need to have your story relate to them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to have much of an interest into it. Um, oh, what do they call that? And pulling back, clearing out the cobwebs of my mind back to English <laughs> in school. I remember um, some the text world, text to self, text to there's like three of them text to text i guess anyway it basically means there is a reference in the story to either yourself or the world that you live in or to something else that you already know um if if story's got a lot of that it's easier to relate to it's easier to understand where the character in that movie or you know story in general is coming from and so i guess to some point you got to relate to that so in the case of uh camp lake bottom which is a cartoon that my son was watching earlier that i watched a couple episodes with him with um i don't know that's just a bunch of kids that go to camp at a lake and there's a rival camp that's so much nicer um and that's about maybe the most real world you know text the world reference you can take from that the rest is like weird monsters you know the camp counselor's a zombie just weird Spoilers. stuff like that. Just kidding. You find that out in the first, in the intro before it even starts. <laughs> so, I mean, I just noticed that, um, and again, I think it's audience changes, you know, and maybe I'm just wishing for the good old days, I guess. Well, um, perhaps we're actually getting to a point, because, you know, maybe if this is true where, like, we had family types of sitcoms and stuff, and um, we got tired of that. You know, so we all kind of moved on to something more extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe perhaps we're at a point now where we're just starting to get tired of that and we're kind of looking for something new. Mm-hmm. Something else I might argue um, is that back in, like, the 90s, this is, like, right before CG and stuff got really big. And just basically anything digital wasn't really a thing. You actually, to film a sitcom, I'm the last thing, yeah, you literally had to go out and, like, film a sitcom, build a set, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. now like you know you draw a cartoon or even just anything cg you know i can make something cg right here and i don't ever have to set up a set or have all i need is just voice actors so they could look like whatever they want but they can come in as long as they got a nice voice and they have the right equipment to make you know all that stuff sound and look good then like yes yeah. we have great voices anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we really do um no, and one thing I also noticed with Disney Channel is that they're making, and this is true of Disney movies too, they're making a ton of sequels. Like, a lot of sequels. So, for example, in Disney Channel, you have, uh, so you had That's So Raven, and now you have Raven Comes Home. 
Netflix did the Fuller House mm-hmm. reboot. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had Girl Meets World, which is the sequel to Boy Meets World. Isn't that where, like, it's the daughter of the it's guy? It's the daughter of the... So, that's, so sequels and reboots in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sequels have their place. But I just feel like Disney is overusing them. Also, something that may not be a sequel, but it fills the place of a sequel, is they're doing live actions of their old animated... Oh, like yeah. Beauty and the Beast? Like Beauty and the Beast. It's almost like, if, I swear, there's shot-for-shot comparisons yeah. uh, between the... T- there's one for Aladdin. Like They did the preview for the Aladdin, the cartoon back in, like, when was that? Late 80s? Uh, 89? No, I can't it was remember. early 90s. Okay, well, when, yeah. But way back in the day when the actual cartoon Aladdin came out, there was a preview for that. And so they did that preview with the actual live action preview of Aladdin. It was almost shot for shot. It was insane. By the way, Will Smith is not going to be a good genie. I'm just calling that right now because Robin Williams was the best genie. Unfortunately, we cannot have Robin. That'd be really cool. Well, so in an alternate universe where Robin Williams is still alive, that would be really cool if he was the genie in that as well that'd be really awesome but that'd be really uh, awesome you could probably do his i mean just copy his voice from the original mm, movie. yeah i think there'd be in a way that'd be disrespectful i, I don't know yeah like it just true. wouldn't work so it's like yeah you could go that route or try to get somebody to imitate or impersonate robin williams but i think that would be like just a punch in the face to yeah what robin williams was as a comedian just in general and I think they probably actually did better trying to get somebody who's m- more farther out. Like, you're not going to have... I'm not expecting a very energetic, hyped-up type of personality for the genie when Will Smith plays it. But, you know, that's okay. It's considering that, like, we're not going to be able to get... It's considering where, like, they tried... It seems like they tried really hard to get some... Like, all the characters to be pretty much the same in the live action version of beauty and the beast mm-hmm. they got all these people and characters to be pretty much be the same thing as the cartoon it was like let's just copy the cartoon almost shot for shot and you know call out a new movie um it's just kind of frustrating because it's like you had the cartoon that was one movie don't don't copy it yeah try to mix it up a little bit so and i loved the cartoon the cartoon was fantastic yeah and it almost kind of ruins it because it's like yeah all you can do is compare it to the cartoon everybody's seen the cartoon yeah everybody and of course that's what everybody's going to do with aladdin but like it would be cool if you had like a plot twist or just even have the characters be different in some way and so yeah. I, mean, I think they have a good thing going there with having will smith be the genie but now i will say this about the live action beauty and the beast it did close some plot holes of the animated Beauty and the Beast. Such as? Okay. Currently uh, we find out what happened to Belle's mom. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. You see a little bit of what happens uh, yeah. with the Beast transforming you, into you, the Beast and how he became it. Because before it's like a stained glass yeah. thing. You Sorry. also see why the Beast's staff don't hate him. Because I would be kind of pissed true if i, never I got that, but... turned into a spoon or whatever um it's like thanks you douche <laughs> because you're a douche i get turned into a clock um and then uh you know just certain things like that um also there's less stockholm syndrome <laughs> yeah there's a lot less stockholm syndrome so you know 
For those of you who don't know and have been living under a rock, Stockholm Syndrome is the idea that uh, you get kidnapped or are a prisoner and then you start to fall in love or get some kind of companionship. Yeah, just in general, start to like the person Mm -hmm. who kidnapped you. Yeah, or at least, at the very least, empathize with them uh, in some way. So in the animated one, you see her, you know, in that scene, Belle, are you happy here? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, really? Okay, well, you're... A kidnap victim but okay have you seen that picture it's like or it's like a list of every like disney princess each mm-hmm. one of them and it's like each one has a psychological disorder what this yeah. exists yes i want to see this so bell is stockholm syndrome and bestiality <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um but with the the live action beauty and the beast when he asked that question she's like no i'm not free there there's no way i can be happy so I just felt it closed a lot of loopholes, which I really appreciated. Um, also, we have to talk about the fact in the animated one, Beast is kind of ugly when he turns into a, a human. Oh, gosh. Adam. I prefer him as a beast. Yes. I prefer him as a beast. See, you're bestiality now. That's gross. No, um, I just like him better as a beast because that's what you see him as, and he looks cooler as a beast. He does. He when he looks... turns into a human, he's like this... I guess he is very French because <laughs> he's just like this almost girl. He's more of a girl than Belle is. <laughs> and I guess that's something. I don't know. You also, it also it expo- does take place in France. So yeah, it, I, I guess there you go. They kept that part correct. It, it also explains why um, if he's a king or a prince or whatever, uh, why no one goes looking for him after. It's true. Like all those years. It does have that. Because that doesn't get explained at all in the cartoon. But no. They do. So, the cartoon left a lot of plot holes. I will say this. The live action did. Uh, it did fill those. Um, are you excited for Dumbo? Okay. I just want to say. It, I do like. Um, so, basically what you're saying were the, the live action of Beauty and the Beast kind oh. of fills in the plot holes. That's basically proven my point that it's like we're just copying this. It's the same story, but it's yeah. like the live action version of the same story. You may as well just throw them in the same universe. It's just a different retelling of it. Or it's like, here, here's the same story, and we're going to add in a few more like notes here to kind of fill in the loopholes to fix any issues that people may have had with the old one. <laughs> like, and what you're saying there is, you know, kind of proves my point. But yeah, okay. So I didn't even think about Dumbo. I don't know. I'm, I don't know enough about that film. I haven't to, seen the animated Dumbo in, if ever years and years and that years. might be something we have to look into and then get back to later i think so too but getting I think we should but getting back to um disney itself mm-hmm. so i i think um shoot i just had a thought and it went away i think disney has changed its business model in a way that financially makes a lot of sense but unfortunately causes them to uh not mass have a lot produce of, uh, right not have a lot of original content what they've done is instead of just producing their own stuff, they buy up other companies. They bought Marvel. They bought Lucas uh, Lucasfilm. Lucas Lucas yeah, yeah. They bought uh, George Lucas's thing. They bought Marvel. They bought. Uh, but they actually own a lot of ESPN, which is weird. Tim Burton stuff, like Tim Burton stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a bunch of those things Disney has its hand in. Disney basically owns everything now. If it's entertainment wise, yeah, just about everything. Yeah, now. Disney owns at least twenty percent of it. So, I mean, which, again, financially makes a lot of sense. I can't fault them for that. And as far as an artistic and a storytelling perspective, it kind of sucks. Yeah. I definitely liked, um, okay, when Toy Story came out. So not only, um, it was really cool to see something like a full, it was the first full 
computer-generated film. Mm -hmm. They had CG for quite a while before, and it was horrible. But that was the first one that was not only was like a full CG film, it was decent CG. I mean, by today's standards, like, oh, man, but it's it's not bad. But on top of that, it was just a good story. Yeah. And I never really noticed it growing up, but I, it was kind of pointed out to me when watching the extras uh, that there was no actual villain. In... Toy Story? In Toy Story. There's no mm. actual... There's no character There's no that, direct villain. There's no direct villain. There's, there's, there's conflict, sure, but... There's Sid, which is a bad guy, but he's... He's not the, he's not the, uh, he's not the main conflict, though. The exactly. conflict is just this issue with, you know, Woody just feeling jealous about this new toy coming in. Because he used mm. to be, like, you know, Andy's best friend. You know, his it was his one and only, and, you know, it's kind of like this cool relationship that he's had with his, uh, with his kid... And now there's somebody else that comes in and kind of takes that away. So that's the main conflict, not mm -hmm. not Sid or any other. That's just other stuff that kind of gets in the way to kind of prolong the story. But mm -hmm. I've always had, I've always liked that about Toy Story. Ever since I noticed, I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And I just, I have appreciation for that. And um, it was really cool to see them like, they were able back in the day, like late '90s, early 2000s, be able to tell a lot of original stories, and they were kind of just not really able to do before because you know before we had like live action that's about it or like a cartoon but mm. it started to expand more worlds like a bug's life was not really possible unless you could have done it as a cartoon but you know now they did like a cg version of it um you know that was just something that couldn't really be done before but now it's like let's do a story in perspective of bugs mm -hmm. then i can't remember the exact role toy story 2 came out shortly after but then they did i you know like cars um wally wall yeah, i was okay incredibles uh you know just just yeah uh, and then they came out with some really good originals there but then they have cars 2 cars 3 and it's just like cars 2 we don't talk about cars 2 it was <laughs> so awful yeah that's exactly my point it's like it got to a point where you know they were still kind of making original ones but they were also ratatouille was pretty good oh ratatouille is great oh, man they're probably gonna have to come out with a second one now are they going to they no, but I see it happening now. I I see it. Well, like, that's one they haven't done yet. Now they're. I see it could happen, but at the same time, I feel like it's been too long. If well, you're I do feel a like sequel, it's been way do... uh uh because they did Incredibles two. Oh, good point. And that was made. They in like did 2000. Finding Dory too, which was like yeah, ten incredible... years later. Yeah, Finding Nemo was a brilliant one, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite, to be honest. But yeah, and Finding Dory was like, mm. what do you expect from a sequel? I guess. But I guess that's my point is like they, they were coming out with these original stories and they were able to tell them well through CG and they were always outdoing themselves and going the extra mile to try to get great, not only just great animation, but just, uh, you know, um, if you watch like the extras in Finding Nemo, there's that part where um, Dory's uh, telling Merlin about, um, you know, when she looks at him, she feels like she's home. And there's a part in the extra where this one, I think it's like one or two people had to work on just that little part, like her animations for those few lines there. And uh, they had to do it over and over and over and just, just to get it right. Like a lot of work was put into just getting, I mean, there's the lines there. And of course, Ellen De DeGeneres delivers the lines very well, mm -hmm. but that's not all of it. Like there's the whole visual aspect too. So you can hear it pretty well through Ellen's voice acting, but they put in a lot of time and effort to just get the little animations just right to kind of fit exactly what you hear. And, um, I, I, I really, that's, that's something I appreciate too, but yeah, lately it's been like, they've kind of run out of original ideas 
and have just been like resorting more to like, well, we need to start, you know, putting out more stuff. So it's just, okay, well, we got Incredibles. Let's just do a sequel for that. Or, you know, Finding Nemo, let's do a sequel for that. Or now I hear there's going to be a Toy Story 4. Yeah, I, 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 I love Toy Story. It is probably my favorite Pixar movie. If, well, wait, was Incredibles Pixar? Mm-hmm. Okay, it tied with Incredibles. No, I'm going to say it's a little higher than Incredibles. Um, but it's but I don't think Toy Story 4 is a good idea. I, I frankly don't. I think you're good to stop at 3. It had a great ending. They get passed on to another person who will play with them, and they, they lived happily ever after. Done. Yeah, by the end of Why Toy Story, Toy Story 3, 4? everything came full circle. Cause, and that was another thing, too. I was really impressed with, because I didn't think, you know, third one, like, that's going to have a crappy story. And I was really surprised with that. It was um, good. Yeah, it was really good. And but I think some reasons why that was good too is cuz um, it was the main conflict was more about um you know, uh not being played anymore. And this is something that they have referenced from the very first one about mm-hmm. growing, you know, their owner or kid or whoever growing up and they you know, get thrown away, get broken, whatever. Like that's that's uh, mentioned through the previous two and so you finally get there and another thing too i think um they also like you know every every film story has their demographic a target audience that they're trying to tell the story to to try to you know that's most relatable to the story so yeah the original toy story was kids just little kids and you know me and you were we were little kids at when it came out Mm. and we kind of grew up with that and so by 2010 comes around, I'm already, you know, I'm like, I'm 21 at the time. You know what's funny is I don't think I was even alive when it came out. When were you born? 96. You were not. It came out in 95. <laughs> okay, but still, like, you kind of, you know, your brother watched it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, the, so everybody grew up, and so they they targeted the exact same people. I mean, the demographic is technically different, because, like, oh, now we're targeting... Um, people who were like in their 20s or something um, but those were the same people that they targeted with the first one so like you kind of have this you can relate and they also told the story to they made the story age along with their demographic so mm-hmm. like that's another reason why I think it was so successful but yeah I don't know I'm curious and this is how I am with every you know any film that comes out you know sequels too it's like I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to go, where they're going to take the story next. But I'm also a little skeptical. Like, I don't... Because what you said, they've kind of come full circle. They've talked mm-hmm. about, you know, having a little kid, sort of a little kid, you know, being their toy. And then they kind of throughout, there's been different conflicts. and But then that kid grows up. And then they... He finally gives him to another kid. And it's like, kind of in a way, that story went full circle. But now, now what? We're going to repeat the circle again. Now we're truly going to get to where it's like, this is truly a sequel where it's like, you're kind of just out of, you're out of an original story and you're just kind of recycling content. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that, that, I mean, don't get me wrong, record, and we're going to have to wrap it up soon, but don't get me wrong. Record Ralph 2 was good. Um, but I don't think it was necessary. I think record Ralph had a great ending by itself. Yay. Everyone likes him. And that's it. I Ref- don't think they needed a sequel. Yeah, reference back to the our episode where we talked about what I call the Firefly effect, where um, 
where the you know Firefly TV series by Joss Whedon was canceled, but he went along to make a movie to finish his story. But he told his story, and that was it. He didn't try to go any farther with that. And mm. to some degree, I feel like any story should be that way. Don't keep writing a story and ex- expanding on a story just to make money. I understand from a money-making perspective, you def- that's, the way, that's the way to go. But from an artistic perspective, don't. Because it yeah. ruins everything. Because you get to a point where you've your original conflict in the first story is over, and you gotta like create a new conflict to keep the story going. And after a while, it's just I don't know. Yeah. People kind of just get tired of it, and and it partially ruins your original good stuff. Yeah, because everybody's cause tired you know, of that content. Yeah. So including the original, because it's like oh mm. yeah. Um, for me, Toy Story will never have that problem though. We'll we'll see after the fourth. Yeah, one. <laughs> never say never. I guess. <laughs> But the original Toy Story, which is better than 2 and 3 in my opinion, will always have a warm, special place in my heart. Hopefully that remains true. I hope so too. Any last thoughts? Um, Disney needs to step it up. Uh, Disney needs to step it up uh, with their original content. Pixar is, you know, always good, but they should probably step it up too a little bit with original content. Um, And uh, I'm fine with Disney buying things and giving money, particularly to Marvel warms my heart to see that yeah it's definitely fun seeing a marvel movie like every year and possibly even a star wars movie every year unless it's like the last jedi every year then no please (laughs) no but that wouldn't be possible without disney money so i appreciate that Mm -hmm. i do but come on disney you can do better well thank you so much for uh for listening here uh you know we're on twitter at halfasspod facebook.com slash halfasspod patreon.com if you want to throw a few bucks our way we can get uh, better microphones, uh, become soundproof, and, I don't know, just line our pockets. That's my next big thing is, yeah, try to get more soundproof. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash half-assed. And if you want to listen to the show, we are on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and the podcasting app that I use, which is CastBox. Or if you want to listen online, we're on anchor.fm slash half-assed. And if you possibly are just listening to the show and want to watch us for whatever reason you want to watch us for, you can also find us on YouTube slash Half-Assed. Mm-hmm. I personally like watching us on YouTube better, not just because we're very attractive, but because uh, sometimes we throw in pictures and fun little animated things. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I find myself pretty attractive as well. <laughs> it's All the right. sideburns. That's what it is. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.